Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. The information I provide is designed to equip and empower parents and caregivers to take at least one conscious, focused, positive action today toward helping your child shift from nonverbal communication into unprompted spoken language. There's no time like now to make the necessary changes you need to see the success that you want for the late talker in your life. So let's get started. Today's question actually was asked by one mom um, who is a very frequent follower on my platform. Her name is Sugi. And then it was also repeated by another mom, Ashwini. Now, uh, it's a great topic, swimming, we're talking about swimming strategies. It's a great topic for late talking kids because many kids who are late talking do have a real affinity for water. They love water and I live in Florida where there is water everywhere. Even if you're not on the coast, we're at sea level. So there are ponds and retention areas all across the state, pretty much on on every single property there is in Florida, there is water. And in when I was at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders Conference in um, Orlando in January, I was talking with the Autism Society of Florida folks. And those people, one of their biggest initiatives here in the state of Florida is to have every child who has an autism diagnosis receive free swim lessons available. And these aren't just any kind of swim lessons. These are special swim lessons that actually teach kids how to swim, you know, like most kids do, but they also include a component where the child is taught how to handle swimming when they fall into water with all of their clothes on. So in addition to learning how to swim and all the stuff that you learn in regular swim classes, that's a mandatory component of these particular swim classes because it is the number one cause of death and injury for children in Florida with autism when they are escaping from schools or their homes or they get away from their parents. There's water everywhere. So a lot of kids are drowning. And that's why swim lessons for every child, I think every child, and I have been saying it, you know, with every family that I've worked with living since I moved to the state of Florida, my kids knew how to swim real young. I knew how to swim real young. Even if you are not swimmer kind of people, if you live pretty much anywhere, there are opportunities for kids to get into water. So swim class is a great idea for language facilitation because it happens for a lot of families because every family should be teaching their kids to swim. And of course, kids like it. When they learn how to swim, they enjoy spending time in water. So it's obviously a fun activity your child enjoys. So let's figure out ways to use the process of your swimming lessons because that's what Ashwini said. Can we have some strategies to help us use swim lessons because that's something that they all Already do. And I'm all about these strategies because the best language facilitation happens during the things that you need to do, like you need to take these swim lessons and that your kids love. So it's a combination 
perfect language facilitation opportunity. And the reason we choose these activities that are necessary and that your kids love is because this is where the motivation comes to want to learn, to want to listen, to want to focus on activities that are important for the child to learn, for them to feel important. So if it is something that you need to do, like we need to learn to swim, it's important that you teach your child why. Why are we learning to swim? It's important to learn that, you know, the that that it, it we can do it because it's fun. You know, it's important to learn how to ride a bike because it's fun, but it's also important to learn to ride a bike because it can be a helpful transportation. Same with swimming. It's important to learn swimming so that you can be safe if you fall into water or wander into water, but it also is beneficial because you love it and it's fun. So that's how it goes. Hey Laura, so yep, every a a lot of moms, Laura included, has swim lessons every week. So this is what we're going to do. When I talked about it in the title, I talked about three strategies. But what I, when I was writing my notes, the way I figured it out was strategies to give you for before the swim lessons, during the swim lesson time, and after swim lessons. Because even while um, everybody's going to swim lessons, your individual circumstances around swim lessons are different from every other family. And with all the strategies that I use, families are encouraged to take these general things that I put out on YouTube and adapt them for your own situation. And so that's the strategies I'm going to do. All right, let me pull up my notes here. And the first thing that I wanted to say is um, before we get into to this before, during, and after, and it's part of the before, is to teach your kids about this safety concern. Like I said, we need to have swim lessons because it is important to learn to swim because it keeps you safe and it is fun. And make sure that you talk about that with your child in whatever level of comprehension they are. The whole reason we're going to these swim lessons are for real important reasons. And so all the effort you go into learning how to swim as well as learning the language behind it become a priority before you even endeavor into the activity. Let your child know how important it is and why. So that's a general strategy to get started started with before. But then on the day of swim class, okay, on that particular day that you are going, here's what you do before. I've got an A, B, C, D before. A, encourage listening through the process of getting ready to get in the pool, to go to the class. So you have to change clothes. You have to go to the place. You have to go maybe in a locker room if you're going to a pool. You know, if you have to go to the girl's side or the boy's side, which is your locker room. And then all the other people are changing clothes in there and you're seeing them do it and you are changing clothes. And where do you put your things? Where will you have your towel? And do you have all the necessary things you need? Do you have your swimsuit? Do you have your goggles? Do you have your swim cap? You know, all the necessary things. While you are preparing for the lesson, it's not just you dragging your kid and dropping them off. These are wonderful opportunities to facilitate language for all of those things. And you do it every time you go to the pool to go swimming. So this is an opportunity for you to use for everyday language. And because you do it every week, your child will have new exposures. They might wear a different swimsuit next week. Oh, you've got the one with, you know, a character on it or a 
it's a pretty color or it's got sparkles or it's got, you know, whatever boats or trucks or dinosaurs, you know, whatever your child's wearing their swim gear. What's special about their swim gear, their special swim bag. And then all of that prep work where to do is your first language opportunity. So that's A. B is then once you're all ready, you got your suits on, your towel ready to go to the pool. We're all, these are before, remember before the lesson, before you go in, you're going to talk about the plan for how your little swim lesson situation is going to go. First, you're going to go and sit on the side of the pool and wait for your teacher. or You're going to go to the spot, whatever the instructor instructor has told you, or if you are the instructor, this is where you lay out, here's how we're going to get this started. Because before you even get into the area where the pool is and the water and your child wants to go run in, before you leave the locker room, ensure that they understand what they're expected to do. Because remember, safety around water is a big, big deal. And it's a number one rule with swim lessons, right? That's the whole reason we've got lifeguards and stuff all over the place because kids can get hurt in water. So we want to make sure that they understand this is how it's going to go, even if they have been to swim lessons 500 times. They haven't heard you use the language for, first, you're going to go and sit and wait for Miss Swim Teacher to come. And if your child just needs that one thing and a reminder, because if your child is a runner and they want to go every time and you've got to hold their hand like death grip in order to keep them from doing it, this is your opportunity because you go and get dressed every time. As soon as you get your swimsuit on, before you let your child go, remind them what they're going to do. And even if they don't listen to you the first time or the second time, still say it every time because eventually they will understand, okay, mom, okay, I know I'm going to this spot to sit at this place. They have to learn it. It's important. You have to say it out loud. Don't just expect your child to go. Talk about it. And then when you go in, while you're going in, observe other people. Use your child's visual cues. Oh, there's so-and-so in your class, or there's your teacher, or there's your whatever. Call your child's joint attention to the spot that you are walking to, that you will go and wait before they have the okay to get in the pool. And that's the other thing that you teach your child is before they go into any pool, any water, anywhere, they wait for a cue from an adult to say, okay, it's go ahead to get in. You teach your child that, and I'm going to give you a strategy to do it when we get to the after portion. But this is a very important strategy for you to use with a late talking child because they have to understand either visually or with auditory. Remember, kids understand more that there is a rule and that the word stop and wait need to happen if your child is ready to go in. They need to understand what those words mean when their toes hit the edge of a water it's time to stop and wait for an adult to give you some kind of cue. Yes, it's okay to get in. Yes, it's okay to jump. Yes, it's okay, whatever. Because until your child knows how to swim, they don't know that it's going to be safe. You have to be responsible for that. They wait for you. That's the number one rule that, you know, I always teach, you know, anyone for swimming. Okay, so these are before. And before you get in, you're going to refresh the plan about, you know, you have to sit and wait. Whatever the rules are for the teacher is going to give you those rules about how the thing is going to go down, how the little lesson's going to go down, and you want to do a little prep work before. All right, so now during the lesson, 
If you are not with your child teaching them yourself and there is a teacher there, you want to be, if you are within earshot or you are, you know, if your child is one-on-one and that person isn't doing it, like they're not going to be using language. They're going to be, you know, giving cues or whatever, but the cues that your child needs to hear during the lesson. So if your swim instructor isn't doing this, then you have to fill in the extra. Um, Your kids need very specific language about what they are doing, exactly what they're doing. And don't be afraid with a limited verbal child to don't be afraid to use all the necessary vocabulary. You know, if they're reaching up, pick up your elbow, reach your arm over, um, you know, those words like reach, 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 grab the water, pull the water, those kinds of cues using verbs, right? Instead of just watch me and do this, you need to be demonstrating first watch me and do this. We're going to, and while you do this, it should, there should be words instead of do this. Watch me while I reach my arm and pull the water. Reach my arm and pull the water. Kick my feet and splash the water. Kick my feet and splash the water, right? So this is a phrase your child is thinking in their head while they're looking at you. Kick my feet. So they're doing, see, they're going kick, 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 faster, 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 right? Because they need kids to kick fast, to keep going, whatever. But if before you, they said kick fast, they learned the process kind of broken down and put together with a little phrase. Reach your arm and pull the water. Reach your arm and pull the water. Now they're not going that slow. They're going to be going a lot faster, but this is a way that you can practice and we're going to talk about it in the after that you can practice these things, these activities, the muscle movements with your child standing at the side of the pool. You watch how the swim teacher teaches and whatever skills they're teaching, you think of little phrases that you can teach your child after they get out of the pool. Because in the in the third part, we're going to practice them and use them, right? So think in your phrase while you're watching them. What are the little things the instructor is teaching your child to do? The little bits of swimming that help you remember. Keep your head up. Arch your back. Those little phrases that the teacher is using because your child's used to hearing them from them. And you want to think about what those phrases are. Listen carefully. So don't just be on your iPhone while the teacher's teaching your child. Listen to the things that they are saying over and over again. Because you're going to use them in the after portion when you're going to be doing more language facilitation later. Okay. So it's, and then of course, as the child is doing it, you, instead of just good job, they need to hear exactly what they have done with specific metrics. Like, oh, you grabbed more water that time. You kicked your feet faster that time. You splashed more water that time. So they want to know how they are improving with very specific metrics. It's not like kick, 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 good job. 
that's not going to give your child enough language to learn all the language behind. And again, put it in in another way. Let them hear it in another way. So even if the therapist or the teacher, the swim teacher, isn't, isn't using those language with your child, think again about the very specific skills with the directions that they're giving so that you can adapt them later when you're talking with your child about it, okay? So then we're going to move into the after phase, right? What happens after the swim lesson? Now, ideally, you would have an opportunity to be in the water with your child after the lesson to go and practice the skills. So if your swim lesson time, if there's any chance for you to have some free swim time at the end of the lesson where you can get in the water and take your child off to the side or something like that, if they don't allow that, you know, see if you can. Ideally, that's the best way because that's going to let you have the opportunity right there when your child's all ready and raring to go and, you know, they're sad the lesson's ending and they want to do more more that you're going to have a chance to practice. But what you're going to do is not the same. You don't want to just go and be just like the swim teacher, right? You want to figure out what are these skills that the swim teacher is teaching your child and how can you practice? So let's say they're doing that, you know, they're practicing the fall in the water to with all your clothes on, but your child is afraid about jumping in the water or, you know, whatever they're struggling with. It's your job then to help pad and figure out and how to get your child more comfortable, make it more fun, right? Those things. And it's going to be super important that you match the words that you're using, the nouns, the verbs, the things that you've practiced with the things that they're hearing from the teacher. So that when, because when they go back to the class, the teacher's going to go back to prompting and directing them. Come here, do this, watch me, because that's how teachers teach. How parents take information that they observe, swap it up with their own natural practice opportunities that your kiddos motivated to try. So they're going to be super motivated to like show off what they've done. That's one way to go about it. But don't ever pressure your child. Demonstrate for yourself how you're doing it. So try the skills that your child was supposed to do. You do them. Have your child sit on the side of pool and watch you. Did I do them right? You know, check it out. You reach the, and then when you come up before you do it, you say, I'm going to reach the reach my arm and pull the water, kick my feet and splash the water, you know, that kind of stuff. And say those things and then do it. And then your child's going to be like, yeah, you're swimming like me. And they're going to match and they're going to relate to those things. But in between the demonstrations, you got to stop, look at your child and say those little phrases that you memorize. Here we go. Ready? Reach the water, you know, reach your arm and pull the water and then go do it. And then you go, see, I did it. Did you see me reach that? You know, that kind of stuff. And that's what you want to encourage your child to do, right? Look at me, mom. I'm doing the things that I learned. Watch me. Did you like it? 
it, those are the phrases, right? That kids want to tell their mom when they're showing off. So before you give them a chance to show off or by testing them or whatever, say, I was watching you. I want to do it. Look at me, model it for a minute and give your child a chance to, you know, check it out. Be silly in the water. Did you splash enough? Did you do it wrong? Oh no, I didn't splash very much. I need to kick my feet bigger. I saw you kicking your feet so big and you talk about the things that you observed in your child and wow, you did this well and this skill and that skill, the very specific skills using those language, that language that you made up while you were watching them. Oh, he would understand if I say this and she would get it if I talk about it this way because that's what language facilitator moms and dads do. They learn how to talk so their kids will listen and focus and watch what they're doing. And every time you do that and you see the smile on their face while they're looking at you be silly in the water, the dopamine is firing all the neurotransmitters that are building the highways in their spoken language neurosystem. They need this fun, wonderful activity and the movement and the sensory experience of the water all excites all those neurotransmitters that help the language that you're modeling get in there really well too. get in there fast because you've got a really happy, excited child. They're going to remember those words that you say because of the super fun experience of splash and water together. So if it isn't fun, it isn't fun for sure with swim lessons. All right. And that's really what I'm talking about. Now, after, let's say you don't have a chance to get in the pool with your child, you know, a lot of these classes in Florida are like that. Like I said, if it's a mandatory class, there are specific teachers and the kids come for 10 minutes at a time and they come every day. It's a very specific way of teaching swimming and it's super, super effective for all the kids, verbal, nonverbal. It teaches them the process of when they fall in the water to flip on their back, kick their feet and get to the side. And that's what it teaches them to do before it teaches the reach and grab and all that stuff. So working with your swim teacher is going to be super important to learn the process and those skills. And now you've got the vocabulary. Now you can practice those skills, the physical motor movements by playing with swim play at home, pretend play swimming. And here's the trick about that safety. So if you're going to do this, try to do it on your bed, right on the edge of the bed, because you can swim your arms if you lay your head your head on the edge of the bed but here's the thing when you play at home make your bed be the water and then your child has to wait by the edge of the water before they get in remember that's part of the rules so even though you don't have a body of water at your house you have a bed you know maybe that you sleep on and pretend okay the bed is the water remember our rule is wait for, you know, the whatever trigger, the okay, jump in, you have to have a set one, you know, so your child knows when it is time to go. So if they're coming, you say, stop, wait, ready, and then your cue, and then let them jump on the bed or throw them on the bed because, you know, they, you know, that's fun because it, they would feel like jumping in the water, like you can chuck them in or whatever. And you can hold them and say, wait, we have to wait for the go ahead so mom or dad can hold the child and get them ready to chuck in the bed. And then the other parent gives the okay and they say, okay, time to jump in and then throw them in, right? So you're showing them with a fun way that, oh, 
I have to wait. And it's fun to wait because when you get the go ahead, you get to get chucked in the bed. So it doesn't make you want to run and bypass the process because you're changing the process of how it goes. Your child's used to being able to climb up on the bed and play around all the way, whatever. And when you want to change something up to turn it into a teaching kind of strategy, you have to be super creative and find a way to make the process of waiting for the cue fun, right? And that's how it goes. So that's my trick strategy to teach your child how to wait to get in the water. And that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one that I just kind of came up with today. So, yep. So Laura says she facilitates language to her throughout the session. And that's how it goes. You just are always talking about. Now, the other thing is, if the swim teacher is teaching your child, especially if there are other kids in the class, it's not going to be beneficial for you to be yelling from the sidelines unless your child's doing some demonstration and then they hear you like, woo, go, you're swimming, you're reaching the water, you're doing whatever. But if the teacher is talking and giving cues, especially if the teacher has their hands on your child, showing them where to put their arms or legs or holding them up or something like that, you need for your child to be focused 100% on their teacher and not on you on the sidelines. This is when you use your observation to see what the teacher is doing. And um, an effective language facilitator parent always uses their child's therapists and teachers as resources to get ideas because they have amazing ideas. Teachers and therapists are the most creative teachers, right? That's what they got. That's what they do. So you use their ideas, but you have to find a way, just like watching my videos, you have to find a way that you can adapt it to your life in your way, in a way that is fun, not just for you, for your family. Some kids love wrestle play. Other kids are sensitive and they don't like it. And they're real scared about the water and throwing them in the water would be super scary for them. And you need to work through all of what is important for your child because the ultimate job is to learn to swim for safety. And the bonus is it's a super fun exercise where kids can enjoy a lot of fabulous sensory experiences. And you might as well, because they love it, teach them how to use language. And if swimming is your child's thing, this video could be the one video that helps you get your child to start talking because it is the things that your kids love that trigger the dopamine that fires those language structures that you're modeling with your language facilitation talk. So just doing the experience of swimming is not going to teach language and just talking about it is not going to facilitate language. You have to talk about it while you do it before, during, and after the activity, because that's the language you're going for in real life, isn't it? I mean, when you talk to me and send me questions and say, I want to teach my child how to talk about swim class, I expect you want to be in the car on the way to swim class, having conversation with your child about swim class. And while you're there talking about what they're doing, and while you're on the way home, talking about the experience and how fun it is, right? Now, if your child is one of those that is um, overly drawn to water, like that is a source of obsession for them. 
it's very important, number one, that you teach these safety rules around water. But the other thing is you have to find a way to give your child exposure to water-based things so that they don't go seeking and sneaking around to try to get to water sources because that's the most important time when kids get hurt by water is when they are seeking and finding after an obsession, right? So if your child is obsessed with large bodies of water, first of all, swim lessons should be high on your priority above anything else, especially if you live in an area where there's water around. And it, it is really super important that you un help understand why that is. And if you are not helping your child get whatever they need by this obsession in a frequency that is helping them stay regulated, then they're not going to be successful successful learning anywhere. Anytime somebody is obsessed on something, think about people who are obsessed on their phone, people who are obsessed with anything. It, it, obsession means to the detriment of all else. I am focused on this thing. And that's when safety goes out the window. That's when learning goes out the window. That's when calm. And it's all based, obsession is based on need and fear. Need, fe need to have more and fear of not having more. Because that dopamine is so powerful, right? Whenever we're obsessed with something. Kids can be super obsessed with swimming. And you need to use these strategies to both keep them safe and take advantage to teach them how to talk through the process. So water-based toys you can hold in your hand, water play at home, in between swim lessons, and uh, look have a calendar so they know exactly what day they will be going back to the pool so they're not is today a pool day I'm going to go find it and if you just say no and don't train your child that's when they're going to go and be sneaky around you to try to go and find it and that's when the accidents happen so there you go so if you're in the water together and you're working together during the swim lessons then you use this whole process by yourself if your child's going to a swim class then you have that part in the middle where you are the observer, but you do the before and after and during you're just giving your cheerleader and being a good, you know, supportive parent. Wow, my look at my child swimming. So that's how it goes. All right. I'm not seeing any questions today. So maybe we'll just leave this as a shorter video today for um, just those who are interested in learning about swimming. And if you have a question, you can go ahead and put it in the comments here after the video processes, because I'm always chucking back. Every time somebody makes a comment, I try to respond to all of them. I really, really appreciate when you tell me which strategies are working for you, because then I know what kinds of things to produce more. So if there was a particular video that you watched that was working very well, well for you or there's a strategy like these other folks. Hi, Ramya. So if there's a strategy like, you know, these other folks um, were asking me about swimming that you are interested in, every week, like I said, I'm on live talking about topics. And I love the ideas from you because then I'm providing you with the guidance that you are interested in having. And so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Just jumped on to Long Island. Now I know it's near midnight in India and it's late for you 
you guys there. But this is the time that I am available to get working. You can always catch on the replay. And like I said, put your question in for next week and I'll answer the next topics. So um, swimming's not that important <laughs> in India. There isn't water like there is in Florida. But I know a lot of kids in India go to swimming lessons in pools. So and that that is um, what's happening a lot and people who are in the U.S. too. So maybe the next topic will be more interesting for you. And if you are interested to look more, there are more than 200 videos on my YouTube channel where you can scroll through. There's playlists. Get started with language facilitation here where you can learn about the neuroscience and what we what we do with language facilitation, how we help change a child's brain so they can learn. We talk about... Um, we talk about how to get joint attention with swamping the prompting and the, um, yeah. So I'm great that you are helpful. You're, you can use that, this strategy. Ramya says, yeah, I agree. So there are things, there are lots of things that are in these strategies. This before, during, and after process can work for any other kind of skill that your child is enjoying. One of the common things that I hear from my families in India is that their kids love to ride bicycles. Once they learn how to ride, they're going everywhere and that's what they want to do. So riding bicycles could be, um, you know, is is another way that you can do that. Maybe I'll do a, a, a next video about that. So as you said, language facilitation is to talk about before, during and after the event, whatever it is, if it's swimming or otherwise, exactly, no matter what it is. And that's what language facilitation is. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I hope this content has inspired you to create your own positive language facilitation action plan for this week. If you enjoyed this broadcast, you're in luck. There are tons of resources across our Waves of Communication platform, all designed to help you teach your child to talk. My book, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, available on Amazon, and my coaching programs, including a free 90-minute introductory class.